Hello, this is On The Left Side, the alternative football show, and I'm Jim. What a week it's been in football. Ronald Koeman has already come in for some stick during his time at Everton. Suggesting his top striker needs to leave the club was one. Saying his arch-rivals Liverpool should win the league was another. But nothing compares to the personal attacks he received this week after posting a hugely offensive photo on Twitter. Toffees fans were up in arms after the Dutchman posted a picture of a Christmas tree on social media covered in red decorations, which obviously had nothing to do with red being the traditional colour of Christmas and rather displaying a deep love for Liverpool Football Club. The backlash was so severe that Ronald had to redecorate his tree all in white and he tweeted I think there are more serious problems in the world than making a big story out of a Christmas tree and of course he's right and at the very top of that list should be trying to work out why on earth you signed Enna Valencia Mm -hmm. so coming up on this week's show the good side of youth policy what motivates the modern footballer and we say ah Bristow but first the easiest job interview in history Gareth Southgate is the new England manager. The under-21s coach has been handed the big gig as the main man in England by virtue of being A, the only person interested in the job and B, the only English football manager without a skeleton in his closet. And by skeleton, I mean a massive stack of unmarked £50 notes from a nice Chinese gentleman. Having taken around two weeks to officially decide what we all knew was going to definitely happen two hours after Southgate was first handed the caretaker role, the FA have finally signed up Gaz on a four-year deal after he impressed in what the FA described as a tough interview process. Exactly how tough can that interview process have been? They'd already said he was the only candidate for the job. I imagine the toughest question he had to answer was probably... So, Mr Southgate, would you mind telling us, do you have two sugars or one in your tea? Biscuit? So the former Pizza Hut spokesman officially became the lowest paid England manager in 16 years, picking up a quarter of what Fabio Capello was taking home. But unless football fans are more turned on than I think by the accounts of their team's governing body, a very small pay packet won't be enough to deliver on Gaz's early promises. In the most simple terms, I'd like an England team that excite the public. Ooh, yeah. I'm really pumped up now. I think that's the problem. It just doesn't feel that exciting. He's a nice bloke. But I desperately wanted to find a little bit of edge to the New England boss. And I thought I'd found it when I heard this headline on the BBC News this week. Next, Gareth Southgate is the New England manager and sexually transmitted Zika. Wow. I mean, that's got to be considered worse than getting stuck into a Chinese buffet and chatting about player transfers, right? Joking aside, with a bit of digging, I found the dirt. Back in 1995, the Aston Villa team made a video about how they like to unwind and Gareth revealed his favourite tipple. Was it going to be vintage rum? An exquisite champagne? Maybe it was going to be tequila specially imported from a Mexican drug baron and drunk out the belly button of a high-class hooker? I just drink mostly water and stuff like that. The man's an animal! In a vain attempt to sex up the announcement, the powers that be decided that a Twitter Q&A would be a grand idea. So using the hashtag AskGareth, they set about on Twitter. And the internet, as always, 
delivered with questions like at Ryan Gudu asking Do you still wear a paper bag on your head when visiting Pizza Hut? JW pondering Do you have any advice on how I can circumnavigate the FIFA rules on third-party ownership? 400k in it for you. And N Bayliss BFCS spotting that the Q&A was taking place in the dressing room wanted to know Are you hoping the FA will fork out for a desk so you don't have to continue doing interviews in changing rooms? To be fair, in a rare moment of good humour, they actually answered that one. It's a good point, but we just wanted to give you an insight into the dressing room the first team use. Um, We're very amused by your question. Yeah, maybe humour was the wrong word to use. Anyway, the whole thing just felt a little, well, underwhelming. Maybe they could have learnt a lesson from all that excitement that surrounded Paul Pogba's arrival in the summer and unveiled Gareth Southgate as England manager with some kind of grime artist rap. G to the south to the gate, that's me. Boss of the team with the Lions times three. When it comes to England, I'm now the main geezer. Wore a bag on my head. To get free pizza. They win a trophy if you think I ought to, and then I'll cut loose with a glass of water. Words to your mother, drop mine. Or... Maybe not. Sometimes there are stories that it becomes very hard to make jokes about. In fact, they're more likely to have you in tears than splitting your sides and rolling in the aisles. And the recent allegations of child abuse towards youth coaches within the sport is one of those stories. It's just horrific. But then, along comes Eric Bristow. Just when you thought that Donald Trump was running away with the most ridiculous and offensive statements award for 2016, former darts champ Bristow sweeps in with a late bid. No doubt fueled by a few late-night Kansas super tenants, Bristow decided that the time was right to offer up his own unique view on recent events by tweeting... Glad I'm a darts player. Proper man. If some football coach was touching me when I was a kid, as I got older, I would have went back and sorted that proof out. To be fair to Bristow, he did go back and apologise for using the word poof, saying, Sorry, meant pedo, not poof. Oh, that's okay then. Now that you've realised your error in using a hugely offensive word for homosexuality in place of a slang term for a sex offender, that makes your outdated comments belittling and attacking the victims who have been brave enough to come out against this traumatic experience of their childhood absolutely fine. To be fair, that kind of mix-up is easily done. When I first read his tweets, I thought, what a dick, when what I actually meant was what an absolute I mean, you know you are on dodgy ground morally when the world is backing Piers Morgan in an argument, don't you? You're not going to apologise for calling them wimps. I am straightforward, mate. Eric, just like, Eric, just you like, may be Just like your, your mate Trump, mate. Yeah, Eric, Look, We Eric. just say what we feel. It's a sad state of affairs that these kind of views still exist in the world, and it's even sadder that it comes from a man who could be an inspiration to others. I mean, for starters, it's completely spoilt the vision I had of darts players as progressive, open-minded, compassionate individuals. So Eric Bristow, you may have been great once at the 180s, but leave the 140s alone. That's characters on Twitter. Jurgen Klopp is pretty much God's gift to football at the moment. Just when we were all starting to eye up football's youth policy with the same suspicion that Wayne Bridge eyes up a kangaroo's anus in the jungle, Klopp plays a blinder by reminding us all about the positive side of playing the kids. 
Liverpool striker Ben Woodburn has chalked up his name in Anfield's illustrious history by becoming their youngest ever goalscorer, taking the title of Michael Owen and securing their place in the EFL Cup semi-final with a win over Leeds last week. Everyone loves it when one of your own starts his journey down the road to stardom. Although wanting to keep his feet on the ground, Klopp's message to the youngster wasn't quite as glowing. First of all, I, I said, um, well done, but it was not too difficult. I would have scored too if I would have been in the situation. That's maybe the truth. That's pretty much just going, yeah, what else you got, buddy? Whatever way you look at it, it's impressive. He's 17 and he's already scored his first ever goal for a Premier League club. When I was 17, I was drinking white lightning outside the church youth club and trying to score with Sally Thomas from the years above. And I got about as close to that as I have to scoring a Premier League goal. Meanwhile, making less of an impact in their fledgling football career was one of the ball boys in the South African League match between Kaiser Chiefs and Cape Town City. And referee is going to stop play because there were two balls on the field. I think one of the little ball boys has done Kaiser Chiefs a big favour. The poor lad threw a football onto the field, believing the other ball had gone out of play. An innocent mistake, you might think, but not in the eyes of the match official. The ball boy is getting a red card. Unlucky son. Oh, he didn't. We've seen everything tonight, William. Oh, you've got to feel for the young lad. Yep, he has gone down in history as the first ever ball boy to be sent off during a game of football. Impressive, and with that kind of disciplinary record, Manchester United should definitely be looking at him as Jose Mourinho's long-term replacement. Theo Walcott is the embodiment of Arsenal, constantly looking quite promising for brief periods before dramatically fading into the background and making us all remember that he's probably not that good after all. Currently, Theo is on his biannual impressive streak, but why has he suddenly found form again and what is motivating him towards excellence? Does he finally want to repay all the Arsenal fans for their years of support? Can he see that the team might fulfil its potential and win that much sought-after Premier League title? Does he see a place for him in Southgate's New England team and wants to impress? No, he just likes coffee. The Arsenal striker revealed to The Telegraph this week that his wife has promised to buy him a brand new coffee machine if he bags 10 goals before the festive period, which means he needs one more goal to bag his big prize. Okay, so we all know that footballers are fond of a bit of hot, steamy action, but I never realised that just meant a few crushed South American beans and some frothy milk. That said, I've heard other strikers have also been motivated in similar ways. Robbie Fowler, for example. I heard he was a massive fan of Colombian produce. Freshly brewed coffee isn't the only big news in Walcott's life right now. He's also become a daddy. Well done, Theo. His wife has given birth to his first son, and I'm sure he couldn't be happier. Although when he was asked about it in a post-match interview, he couldn't help but just fall into the old football cliché mode. Uh, obviously me and Mel had a baby on Friday, um, and it was a good team performance today. When was the baby born on Friday? Yeah, it was, it was fantastic. It was uh, very special. You know, I'm probably the happiest person in the world, and obviously now the team winning as well, back to winning ways. You know, I'm more delighted for the guys getting the three points. It's good to know that footballers just fall into that emotionless footballing babble anytime, no matter what they're being interviewed about. Let's just be thankful he wasn't asked about the conception. Theo, congratulations. I hear your wife is pregnant. 
Tell us about it. Oh, it was um, very loud. Probably didn't expect that, I don't think. Um, actually, my touch wasn't great, to be honest. The first touch, you know, I, I actually blinked. I didn't even see it went in. You know, I'd like to get, you know, 10 more of those a season. Yeah, you know, they're nice. But, um, you know, I was in the right place at the right time. And uh, sorry, I'm still getting my breath back. Um, <laughs> you know, that's why I'm leaning against this wall right now. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty much it for this week's On the Left Side, but we can't finish without talking about events in Colombia this week. 19 of the Chapaquense football team were amongst 71 people killed when their airplane crashed en route to the team playing in the Copa Sudamerica final this week, in what could have been a climax to a fairy tale season for the club. So this week's episode ends in a way that I think those players would want to be remembered, celebrating the win that took them to the final that they never got to play. Thanks for listening.